0: give things back to mark weber now so he can take us into hour two of garden talk for this morning's edition good morning
1: how you doing
0: well how about you
1: i hope that lady is in that car is okay yes (laughs) yeah um you know you're always sure the old analogy that an 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 ounce of um cure is worth a a pound of pain
0: i have heard that yes
1: well there's many different analogies basically the idea is that you proactively do something ahead so that one doesn't face a disaster later on right absolutely well in the next few minutes of garden talk we're going to talk about how you can avoid a disastrous tree failure in your yard by just a few pruning cuts when the tree is very very young That and so much more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio.
1: Saturday morning, and welcome back to the second hour of Garden Talk, right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. My name is Mark Weber, and I have hosted this legendary broadcast now for 28 plus years, and I hope to help you with your yard gardening and landscaping challenges. Nowhere else do you get the expert knowledge, expert uh, expertise, as well as the analysis of how to have a better yard, garden, and landscape through the prism of science and best practices. Um, I am the co-founder of Mark Weber's uh, Landscaping. You can learn about our firm at www.weberlandscaping.com. Um, I have uh, hold two degrees in horticulture from Ohio State um, University. I am also designated by the International Society of Arboriculture as a board-certified master arborist. Um, and I'm also uh, hold a number of other licensures and, and certifications. But what I do here on Garden Talk is help you. My job is to communicate to you um, how the things that you do in your landscape have tremendous effects and good things that happen and bad things happen um, to people's plants. And what we try to do too here every week is help you avoid the bad stuff from happening. (laughs) And I'm going to start out this morning's uh, monologue in the second hour about pruning matters. Um, Many people prune to do whatever they might do. And a lot of times pruning cuts made by homeowners and landscape professionals alike leave a lot to be desired. And today I'm going to talk a lot about proper pruning and more so how the pruning cuts that you make to your trees can be a difference between life and death, and how they can clearly affect the structural integrity of a plant. Um, And I will tell you that if you can spend about five minutes with a small tree when it's young um, and train it in a way that you develop what we call scaffolding branches— Um, you can avoid a lot of conflicts and a lot of tree and branch failures later on in a tree's life. Um, Trees are unique in the standpoint that they are perennial. They live year to year to year. Each year they produce more wood, and that wood is made up, is constructed in the tree's trunk. Its root system as well is in its branches. And when those branches grow and develop, as well as the tree trunk grows and develops, it can and will develop defects. And what more likely than not breaks in a tree when it gets loaded with wind or loaded with ice or loaded with some type of load, load meaning pressure, um, is a defect. And the vast majority of tree failures that happen here, um, around this part of the world all happen related to trees that have pre-existing defects. Some of those defects sometimes are apparent, sometimes they're not. But a lot of those defects can be traced back to the time in which the tree was planted and raised from being a very small tree. Um, so if you think about a tree being a trunk, and that trunk's made up of branches, ideally you want that tree to have a central trunk, um, what we call the central leader, and we want to develop that tree structure, meaning that we want that central trunk to come straight up in the air, and then we want lateral branches to break off um, approximately 12 to 18 inches apart from the branch below it and the branch above it, and we want those branches to be growing in a directional method that is opposite of the other branches above it and below it so that not to um, um, affect the structure of the ones below. Keep in mind that developing that central leader meaning no more than just one central trunk of the tree will in of itself reduce probably the likelihood of, de- of failure of that tree by nearly 50 percent because, over 50% of all tree failures are related to codominant, or what we call codominance, in the stems. Meaning that as that tree branch grows out, we don't want those branches to grow in what we call a V-shaped connection. We want those connections to be shaped like the letter U of the alphabet. Um, and keep in mind that these type of pruning cuts are done when the tree is really small. Not when it's big and old. And also, you'll a lot of times hear people talk about that they may paint their trees with wound dressing. Despite all of the claims, research has shown that wood uh, wound dressings do not reduce decay, and they do not speed up wound closure. In fact, they rarely prevent disease or other infections. And uh, so we don't paint our wounds uh, with tree paint. Um, So at the end of the day, a few pruning cuts when the tree is very young can mean that that tree grows up to be a fine tree with very few defects. And also for you, the tree's owner, will mean that the tree will have less maintenance costs for you to maintain that tree long term. And if you'd like to learn more about proper pruning of young trees, you can get that information at treesaregood.org, or you can also pick it up at uh, gardentalkblog.com. Four five seven twelve ninety is the number of the dial if you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast. When we come back, we'll be giving you more updated information, plus, so much more. Here on Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO
0: this is a WHIO triple team traffic red alert update where we are giving you the latest on the situation on southbound 75 where a woman was care flown from a vehicle that had crashed into the guardrail at that time now we are going to be dropping out of red alert coverage at this time as we do see that there is a lane open at 75 at Dixie where the site of this accident happened looks like the backup there's taking about 10 minutes or so for cars to funnel through but we are seeing that crews are st- working to get that rest of the lanes open and that part of the highway clear. No word yet on that woman's condition. We do know she was in her early 30s, and it does appear to be a single-car crash. We'll bring the latest on that as we get it. I'm Jonah Adi, WHIO Continuing News. Stock market instability, volatility, and losing money is a big concern. But it doesn't have to be. With a structured retirement plan, you can protect your money and forward your financial progress toward retirement. You don't have to risk your future riding the stock market roller coaster. Call the Miami Valley's Retirement Resource and author of Income Allocation, David Gaylor at Tradewinds Financial Group, 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437. And tune in Saturdays at three for your game plan for retirement. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.
4: McGregor Meadow Working, a family-owned company with four locations in Springfield, is hiring for machine maintenance techs, toolmakers, die repair, and experienced press setup operators on second and third shifts. Why work for McGregor? How about better benefits including medical, dental, vision, 401k, and paid vacation, in addition to a competitive wage, a $1,000 signing bonus, and pay raise opportunities every six months. Sound good? Then apply online at McGregorMetal.com careers. That's McGregorMetal.com careers.
3: At Wild Birds Unlimited, we are your backyard bird feeding experts. Got squirrel problems? We can help. Blackbirds taking over, we know what to do. Wild Birds Unlimited. Visit us online and in the Voice of America Center in Westchester or in Springboro next to Dorothy Lane Market. I'm Ginny Cosola with your Fox Business Network tax tip. Protecting your tax identity after this.
0: Welcome to Fox Nation, an exclusive streaming service designed for the Fox News superfan. It's members-only content you won't see anywhere else. Fox Nation is live, so start your free trial at foxnation.com today. Fox Nation, opinion
3: done right. Filing early can protect your identity in tax season, says Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, and he says take precautions. When you're dealing with tax services or any online tax-related functions, use long and strong passwords, use two-factor authentication. Make sure the tax preparer you use is legitimate. And if you've been hacked in any way, contact the IRS. Take advantage of a PIN if you've been a victim of a fraud that's issued by the Internal Revenue Service. Levin says never store tax documents on your phone. Ginny Cosola,
5: Fox News. <laughs>
2: cold weather can create challenges at home on miami valley roads and at your child's bus stop count on us for important storm center seven updates around the clock keeping your family safe on am 1290 and news 95.7 whio and good morning
1: everybody and live in the studio is mr jesse mack and uh more snow in the forecast, eh?
5: Yeah, but it looks like the Saturday trend will continue. Not nearly as much this time, though, so don't worry. Maybe an inch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, this cold weather is being driven by a pretty strong jet stream. Am mm-hmm. I correct?
5: You are. Uh, a lot of times, meteorologists, I, I've been argue, argued with by another meteorologist before that I mean, not, you
1: guys argue too.
5: Yeah. Okay. We do, believe it or not. Okay. It's kind of chicken or the egg thing, because um, uh, the argument the other person was saying was that the it's the advection, the horizontal movement of air. Okay. Which is true, obviously. Yeah. Colder, colder air is moving in from Canada. You know, it's mm-hmm. parallel to the Earth, but it's the jet stream that moves it here. So mm. I, I always say the jet stream is in control of the weather. Other people will say it's the surface that's. It's uh, changing the weather. It's like, yeah, but I mean, the jet stream is the driving force. So, so w- whatever, chicken or the egg. So I always
1: get these two different El Nino and
5: La Nina, La
1: Nino winners mixed up, and they, typically my eye is kind of fucked.
5: It, c- can you tell our listeners what all that really means? Yeah. Well, to be clear, a strong El Nino and a strong La Nina. Those are. They have specific winter patterns that we almost, you can almost 90% of the time guarantee the pattern. Okay. This we are in is a weak El Nino. Okay. So it's not as, you know, it doesn't have that large grasp of uh, an effect on the weather. So El Nino is when you will take you down to South America, go on the equatorial Pacific Ocean. So Mm -hmm. near the equator on the Pacific Ocean. And what happens is the water there gets warmer because the winds up high slow down. Normally, the winds push that water off the coast of South America, and it allows upwelling, which is just colder water from underneath coming up to the surface water, and it makes a cold pool there normally. Mm -hmm. So when those winds calm down... They don't push that warmer water away, and the colder water doesn't replace it. What happens is the water gets warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer because it's never pushed away, so it bakes pretty much. Right. They're in the Pacific Ocean on the equator, and that has kind of a, a scaled pattern that results in different things happening around the world. For us, normally during a strong El Nino, not just any regular El Nino, a strong El Nino, we will see well above average temperatures, which I believe it was 2015 was the last strong el nino we had. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the listeners remember that. It was crazy warm. Right. Like we we barely even hit winter. It right. was it was just an extended fall to spring kind of thing. Right. Um so and now I'm going to take you to the opposite which is la nina. The Kay. winds are really strong. It okay. blows a ton of that warm water away and a ton of cold water replaces it. So those are the differences. So the ocean the ocean actually has Monstrous effects on our weather—it's crazy—and there's just uh, recently been a phenomena where, so there's a high pressure in the middle of the Pacific Ocean between Hawaii and California. Okay, and it always sits there. That's why there's that cold current mm-hmm. that runs to the California current. Correct. So that's why the water's cold there because it goes from the Gulf of Alaska down to Cal- Alaska down to California. What's happened recently is that high, um, due to several different factors, has moved closer to. The west coast, it's kind of been near Seattle. It's been up towards Washington. Mm -hmm. Because it's moved so much closer, now we are seeing air from north come south because the rotation around a high is clockwise. So it's causing air from Canada and the Arctic to Russia to come down to us, which we have felt.
1: (laughs) So once that high, it's in the Pacific near Seattle, changes, then we'll see a change in our weather.
5: Yep, once we see that high either diminish because of some other force, you know, removes it. Mm-hmm. Or if we see the high return to its location where it normally is between Hawaii and California, the force of that cold air will begin to weaken and it won't make it as far south.
1: Interesting. Obviously
5: we'll get cold temperatures throughout the remainder of the winter, but if that high recedes back to its location, it loses that oomph and it can't make it to us.
1: Interesting. Well, what do we look at? What are we looking at for the next twenty-four hours?
5: Snow showers out there right now in the morning. Um, maybe a few snow showers throughout the day. Nothing significant. And then after dinner time, um, a quick system will move through, and uh, it'll bring maybe an inch to Dayton places T- to tonight. Tonight, okay, tonight. an inch tonight. So we may we so- <coughs> be some
1: travel issues to see by, later by tomorrow morning. By yeah. tomorrow morning, okay. Probably.
5: I mean, if if you got if you have evening plans, it could. It could uh, make things a little bit dicey for you, especially later towards midnight. Um, okay. But tomorrow morning will probably be when things are the stickiest. Uh, so off towards the north, north of I-70, 1 to 2 inches. Mm-hmm. So Dayton 1 and places south less than us. How about
1: the rest of next week?
5: Uh, let's see. We got Monday another system comes in. It's warm enough to where that's rain, snow, Um Maybe chance for sleet and freezing rain, but I think it's mostly just kind of like rain, snow, and then okay. snow later on. Not significant accumulations. And uh, Wednesday, is just like we talked about, that high is going to force really cold air in. So Wednesday, yeah, and Thursday. Yeah, I heard. I saw some cold. really cold temperatures in the forecast. Do you know what the temperature in Wisconsin is right now? Air I, temperature. I can only imagine, but tell me negative twenty or lower. I just when we were. I was well, showing. Is it, it on that TV. cold there right now? It is.
1: Oh my goodness!
5: See what I mean? It it just that air just needs something. It needs help to make it to us because it's it's down there. It's it's cold. It's I mean that's it's only like that's basically thirty w- degrees below average for them. So, right, right. So um, it just needs a little oomph to get to us, and it'll try to get to us by Wednesday and Thursday.
1: And so those that period of time, how cold are we looking at?
5: Wind chills at the coldest point. Um. Probably negative 15 to negative 30 degrees Mm. um, at the coldest point, which, I mean, the high temperature on Wednesday is like eight. Eight degrees. Yeah. The (laughs) low on Thursday mornings, negative five or six or something. Lovely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It really is awful. (laughs) And a
1: current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar is, uh, tell us, what do you see, sir?
5: Uh, You could tell it's struggling to pick stuff up, but it is out there. So um, just kind of some... Snow showers, scattered snow showers, maybe some flurries out there. Yeah. Um, no no downbursts or anything like that. No You know,
1: Thursday morning was dicey around here. <clears throat> I got up, I was going over to Columbus to take care of some stuff, and uh um the roads
5: were slippery. I was in an attic insulating all day, so I don't think I didn't see oh. much daylight. <laughs> I got
1: like I got north up by um I was on it took six seventy-five around to get on seventy to go to Columbus. Yep and um there was cars that had slid off the road um and driving over to columbus there was cars that slide off slid off the road and stuff and i told my wife i said you know if i would have left two hours earlier like i wanted to thankfully i didn't thankfully I'm, you were late that day. <laughs> i was late that day <laughs> you where i had do. to go but uh, yeah it was kind of strange jesse thanks so much for yeah. coming by um I, I really enjoy our conversations. I do, too, every morning. And it's
5: the highlight of my Saturday. <laughs>
1: well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, I like to draw information out of you that sometimes they don't
5: get. No one ever in. cares about my weather knowledge, so I like somebody that does. <laughs> I do, because
1: I, I, I like knowledge, period. But uh, I have I have to forewarn you that I, I, I went through uh, this weather spotter training stuff. So you're the expert now. I'm not an <laughs> expert, but I, I was just I spent you know some time learning about it this this last week, and I was really blown away by the complexities of it, but also some of the simplicities and things that I've seen. Over the years, now I understand a little Looking bit more back, about it, yeah. so I am maybe a little more dangerous on Saturday morning to ask <laughs> you guys questions. So as, alway, <laughs> as always, have a good day, and uh, thanks for all that you do. Yep, take care. Take care. 457-1290 if you'd like to join us today. yeah, We've got an open line for you, and uh, I would love to help you along the way. Coming up this morning at uh, 7.30. Uh, we're going to go in the grass with Randy Tisher from Green Velvet Sod Farms talking about soil testing and what a soil test really says in the document. And uh, we're going to go into great detail with that. Also, I want to talk just a few minutes before we go into the newsroom with Mr. Adi about the importance of mulching properly in your landscape. Um, Over the last, uh, I guess, decade or so here in southwest Ohio and many other parts of the United States, um, I have seen an increasingly disturbing trend of when we mulch our trees and mulch our landscape that we do not properly mulch. Um, Mulching is a great thing to do for your landscape. It, It provides moisture protection. It inhibits a number of weeds and diseases. It's, um, it's a great way to remove competition, improves biological, um, factors into the soil, but it also can be a great, great way to kill a tree. Um, First of all, you want to maintain no more than two to four inches of overall mulch in your landscape. And that mulch should be organic. It should not be rocks or stone. If you uh, use inorganic materials like rock and stone, um, the soil will deteriorate. You just need to know that. Um, So use only organic decomposable materials. Two, you do not want any mulch piled up on the trunks of your trees. Um, if you put too much mulch or too much mulch on the trunks of your trees, it will add into decline and more so, it will form girdling roots on trees, which most most importantly will cause trees to decline and die. If it, it's one of those things folks, that too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So do proper mulching and more so, By doing, though, having the right depth and not up against the trunks of trees will add to their improvement, not to their failure. When we come back, more Garden Talk will continue after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic and our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
0: It's 7.30. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO news update. Our top story we're following this morning. We are keeping our eyes on the government shutdown as we do have word that the shutdown will will be at least stopped temporarily. While a temporary agreement is in effect, more work is to be done. We got the latest on that. Plus, the situation on southbound 75 improving over time.
5: Temperature slightly warmer today, but we're not out of the woods yet. I'm meteorologist Jesse Magg. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up.
0: Well, WHIO Triple Team traffic, as I said, that situation on southbound 75 is improving over time. We're actually out of red alert. WHIO Triple Team traffic not in red alert coverage anymore. The traffic delay from Dixie Highway up to about Dryden Road is about 15 minutes or so, give or take. We are seeing that the right lane is open just before Dixie Highway where that accident occurred. And cars are be able to get around. Crews are still working to open up the remaining lanes of the highway at that point. We'll be following this throughout the morning and we'll bring you the latest updates as we get them it is our top story now in washington the partial government shutdown is over as president trump signs into effect a reopening agreement but this after an agreement couldn't be reached on a border wall funding
6: this deal expires in just three weeks if we
7: don't get a fair deal from congress the government will either shut down on february 15th again
0: That's Fox's Kristen Fisher in Washington. She says that President Trump's other other option for Congress and the Senate is for him to use his power to declare a national emergency to fund a border wall. Well, now to Wright State University where the Fairborn University's Board of Trustees did not reach an agreement, meaning the strike could continue into next week. Now, students are expressing outrage about classes being canceled or run by substitutes that they say aren't always qualified.
5: I just think it's absolutely absurd and The fact that they think they can find somebody else this quickly that is just as qualified as these other professors that are trained to teach this very specific subject.
0: The university says some teachers have crossed the picket line to teach again in the meantime. Well, a Dayton woman who pled guilty to leading a deadly chase with police wants to change her mind.
1: 19-year-old Alyssa Irwin Dubrow says she felt pressured by her attorney to plead guilty to grand theft, failure to comply, and involuntary manslaughter. Local realtor Mary Talby was killed when a Moraine police cruiser that was chasing the stolen
0: Jeep struck Talby's vehicle. WHIO's Ron Otto says Irwin Dubrow is set to be sentenced on Monday. Now, let's get a look at the most accurate and dependable forecast. Here's meteorologist Jesse Mag.
5: Starting off fairly chilly out there in Dayton with a low temperature near 15 degrees. A few scattered snow showers previous from last night still lingering around. Mostly cloudy on Saturday, a few flurries in the morning, but throughout the day things are quieting down a bit. 29 degrees for the high temperature. Snow likely overnight tonight. Accumulations ranging from 1 to 2 inches possible, especially towards the north of Dayton. Dayton likely leaning towards 1 inch. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
0: Now the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar shows we're all clear throughout the Miami Valley. Yeah, there is an yet there is an off chance for a stray snow flurry, but nothing at all serious. Early this Saturday, we're seeing 19 degrees in Troy, 21 degrees in Springfield, 23 degrees here in Dayton at 7:33. The winds may be gentle, but they'll still be cold. So be prepared if you have to step outside this morning. I'm Jonah Adi, WHIO, continuing news. Hey everybody, it's Nancy here with my great great friend Christian Hod of Joseph Airport Toyota Hyundai. So. So tax season's upon us. Chris, what
3: do you guys got cooking now? Unbelievable. Folks already know Joseph Airport, Toyota, and Hyundai have a large selection, low prices, and the ease of doing business. This tax season, for their convenience, we have a Jackson Hewitt satellite office in both dealerships. What that means is they can come in and do their taxes, and if they get a refund, they can actually get an advance from Jackson Hewitt on that. So total convenience now to get your car this tax season. You don't have to wait for the government to open back up. Just come on in and do your taxes if you want, or just come in and see one of our 360 pre-owned vehicles, most with the lifetime powertrain warranty. Boy, that gives a whole new meaning to the Joseph Airport Toyota Hyundai promise, doesn't it? That's right, large selection, low prices, and the ease of doing business. Now folks can shop ahead online? Absolutely, josephairporttoyota.com or airhyundai.com. Visit us online or in the showroom. Hi, I'm Greg McAfee and welcome to A Breath of Fresh Air. Whatever happened to disagreeing with someone and still remaining friends? Politics have become cutthroat and going high is now kicking low. Even if you mention abortion, building a wall, gender rights, or religion, it's a catfight because all these fall under politics today and that's sad. I did have a customer call me recently and he said, Greg, I disagree with your politics, but I love your company and the service it provides." And I was like, wow, talk about a breath of fresh air. Here are three ways to agree to disagree. Number one, treat each other with dignity and respect, no matter what. And Number two, avoid taking things so personal and try to see the other's view. And finally, get over yourself. Life is too short to unfriend people. I'm Greg McAfee with a breath of fresh air. How can you grow a
2: better lawn? Let's go in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
7: Good morning, Mr. Tisher. Oh, well, good morning. I uh I'm not looking forward to next week after listening to you and uh <laughs> and uh and your weatherman talk about uh, what, 10 or 20 below 0 in the middle of the week.
1: Wind chill. Yeah.
7: Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of wind chill. What happened to the old <laughs> days when I was young? There was no such thing as wind chill. It was if it was 20 below zero, it's 20 below zero. And that's what it felt like. I, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of uh, all this wind chill stuff. I mean, just give me the temperature; I can figure it out from there.
1: Well, it, it kind of adds uh, adds to the. Uh, uh how do I say this? That makes everybody think that's worse than really what it is. So. It, does. it does.
6: That's why I
7: just, I'm, I'm not a fan of this windchill stuff. They're just uh, making it way too complicated.
1: <laughs> you know, Mr. Tisher, I have talked and talked and talked over the years about uh, the importance of soil testing and, and how it can help you avoid so many problems in the landscape because as a plant practitioner as i've been for many many decades one of the biggest things that i see with lawns and landscapes and trees is the improper use of fertilizers and uh, the fertilizers can be the one of the most beneficial wonderful things in the world but they can also be extremely harmful if not applied properly and one of the yep. ways that we make decisions about how much of what we apply is by soil testing.
7: Yeah, and, you know, the, the, just taking a soil test is a pretty simple, uh, 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 pretty simple task, Mark. Uh, uh, you'll get a soil test kit. Uh, it'll give you directions. But basically, you're going around your yard and, and taking a sample of the, of the soil here and there throughout your yard, mixing it together. And then you're really looking for only just a, a handful of, of soil, uh, put it in a bucket, mix it together, and you'll send off to the lab about a, about a handful of soil. And that's the easy part. The, the part that, that gets people is trying to understand what that soil report is really telling you. and uh, And so I posted a uh, we found a, a real nice, simple, uh, simple, easy to understand uh, a little explanation of a, of a soil test and the different things that it's testing, and an explanation, uh, and posted that to your your blog yesterday. And so, if people are uh, freezing and uh, and staying inside over the next week, uh, uh, looking at your blog will give them uh, all this information. But you know, basically, it's uh, it's a, it's a measure of. Of several different things, mm-hmm. uh, something called cation exchange capacity. That's always one that that uh, that gets people. Well, let's but let's let's, basically...
1: let, Randy, we've got time. Let's kind of go through these real quick. Um, yeah, C- CEC or cation ion exchange capacity. I always the analogy that I always kind of draw it out of soil. Uh, depending on the type of soil you're working with, acts like a magnet. It holds and releases nutrients that make them available to plants and those nutrients uh, have positive and negative charges electronic charges on them and the word ion means charges and so the soil in the case of clay soils tends to be a very high cec or cation exchange capacity which means it holds lots of nutrients But depending on the pH and a couple other factors will depend if that soil has the ability to release those nutrients and make them available um, to plants. So one of the measures of of soil management and nutrient management is determining if that CEC capacity is high enough that maybe we can do some other things to release those nutrients versus having to apply more material to make it available. Um, and
7: then... Exactly right. Just as an example, uh, an, a soil analysis uh, uh, that would show low cation exchange capacity are, are sandy soils. And it makes sense because sand is nothing more than just a little tiny rock, mm. um, and that rock just doesn't have the capacity or the ability to, to hold nutrients. So you're going to find sandy soils with a low CEC, and you're going to have to adjust, and if you have that kind of a yard, you're gonna to have to adjust your fertilization schedule uh, to to accommodate the fact that your soil does not hold the nutrients nearly as much as a nice uh, uh, organic soil clay soils with lots of uh, organic material they're great at uh, at holding the nutrients and they're very high in that CEC number so so that's the first thing and that 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 CEC uh, is a, is a stumbler. But, uh, you know, you pay a little attention and look at it and, and get some explanation, and it'll make a lot of sense to you. But you're right. Uh, you've got to look at the rest of the picture in order to put the whole program together. And mm-hmm. and that would take me into the, the next part of a soil test is the pH. The pH. Uh, potential hydrogen is what pH stands for. And, and uh, it's measured from uh, 0 to 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, and seven is what they call neutral. Any uh, number below seven, if you have a pH below seven, you have an uh, acidic soil. Mm-hmm. If you've got a pH above seven, you've got an alkaline soil. And and uh, and then there are different products you can use in your lawn to uh, try to adjust those numbers, so so that you can get to, I don't know what you think, but I uh, usually put pick six point five or thereabouts. Uh, the seven is a pretty good number for
2: turf. Yep.
1: Uh, and, I de- and, and, and ideally, Randy, you know, most plants operate best between uh, at about 6.5. I mean, the, the, yeah. re- the realistic part is most trees, shrubs, lawns, landscapes, and vegetables and perennials like to operate around 6.5. So let's say that you're a gardener and you test your soil and you find out you're at 7.5. Um, yep. And and one of the things that you can do at seven point five is you can amend the soil and add an elemental sulfur. So, if you're at seven point five and you want to move the pH you need a, a good a full half point to full point, you typically apply about about uh, you know one about two to three pounds of elemental sulfur for every hundred square feet of soil. And you till it into the depth of approximately four to six inches. And that that fundamentally will drop your pH a full point. Now, depending on what the parent material of the soil is, and that's where things get a little dicey, but let's say that you've got a heavily limestone-based soil, those soils may very well want to uh, creep back up again. And one of the ways that you can manage that creep up, particularly with landscape beds and trees, is by proper mulching. Because when mulches decompose, they release humatic acid into the soil, which helps keep the pH more around that 6.5 to 7.0 number. And and that's kind of one of the fundamentals of, of it. And if you live in a place where the pH is uh, way low, you may apply lime, but I haven't met too many landscapes in Western Ohio that need lime applied to their soils.
7: (laughs) Well, you know, you you say that, but I've got a field uh, over here in Greene County, Belbrook, that uh, Uh that it came in, and this has been a oh years ago, but it came in at 5.5 on a on a pH. Wow! So we brought in a big old, uh, you know, big old. Well, there's agricultural lime spreaders uh, for farms, and they spread lime, uh, turn the whole field white. just like it snowed,
6: and uh, we
7: tilled that into the soil. And you know, you know, these—it's uh, not it's just not not a night and day thing to move a pH up or down. It it takes time, uh, sometimes longer than you you really want. But right. we were able to move that over a number of years, Mark, up into. Oh, that's 6.5 number with lime, but you're right, that's, uh, that's, that's very rare. Most of the time we see uh, soil reports all the way up into 8, and, uh, and uh, there's a lot of those very high uh, uh, pHs, and, and uh, that will affect how your, how your turf or whatever the plant is uh, uh, grows and survives the summer.
1: And then when it comes to nitrogen, that's where nitrogen you can't test in the soil. It's just one of those nutrients that is not available at the time of a soil test, so it's more based off of what the uh, pH and the availability of nutrients are r- related to that soil test. And it's the only way that you can measure nitrogen is by doing what we call foliar analysis, which means as we collect part of the plant and send it send it to the lab.
7: Yeah. Yep, you're into the m- macronutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash. Those are the, the big three uh, those on, the, on every fertilizer bag. Those are the three numbers on the bag. On the, every bag, I'll show you the percent of nitrogen, phosphorus. It might be like a 32, 310. There's lots of different numbers uh, depending on what the, what the fertilizer is. But you're right. Nitrogen is one that that soil test is not going to give you a uh, uh, report on. But phosphorus and potash Mm -hmm. uh, are uh, reports that that soil test will come back with and phosphorus the middle number the p uh, that basically is is all about root development and uh, that's why phosphorus is always included in a starter fertilizer uh, fertilizer that's that middle number Uh, your your soil test will tell you what your phosphorus levels are and your soil test will tell you what your potash uh, levels are you know, people used to sort of overlook potash, Mark, uh, right. as not all that important. But uh, but but lately, potash has been uh, has been felt to be critical in relieving the stress on on the plant. So uh, you know, if you're into a, a summer and and we're into 95 degrees and and whatnot, if you've got a low potash or potassium uh, level. Uh, you're probably going to have a plant that's more easily stressed than one uh, with, a, with a nice, good, healthy potash number. But uh, those are the macronutrients. And then you get into a soil test, it'll give you a list of micronutrients. Right. Like boron and copper and iron and magnesium and sulfur and, and all these other little tiny things that, that, uh, that all, all work together to, to give you a nice, healthy turf.
1: And, you know, Randy, those are mostly heavy metals, and they, yep. they are dangerous from the standpoint of adding and subtracting them can be disastrous to plants. And in many cases, if you increase one, you actually decrease the availability of other <laughs> nutrients. In fact, a classic that I see is where grass gets, where someone over fertilizes their lawn with nitrogen that you can actually get uh a manganese deficiency caused a manganese deficiency caused by over fertilization of nitrogen and at the same time you can cause for a toxicity of molybdenum by adding too much so th- these types of materials folks i will first of all say don't apply unless you really know what you're doing but two. Maybe we apply by a professional who understands how to utilize them and deliver them. In the case of trees, um, we can really screw up a tree quickly by applying too much of to some of these different heavy heavy metals, including iron. Uh, a lot of people diagnose chlorosis in trees related. They think it's iron when it's actually a whole another element that may not even be apparent. Also, soil test rainy also shows us something called organic matter. And, yeah. and, and I, 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 organic matter to me is, is, from a fundamental standpoint, is it, it's the mortar that holds the bricks up on your house. It's where okay. the exchange of, of micronutrients happens readily. And more importantly, this is where the biological activity of the soil exists. <clears throat> and, and this is a, a something that has to be constantly managed. We manage it in the case of turf grass, by exchanging our grass clippings back into the soil every time that we mow. And in the case of landscape and trees, we are applying mulch, organic mulches, which allow those materials to rot and decompose that add organic matter back into the soil. Because if you limit organic matter, you actually create soils that are mineralized, which means those soils are, are virtually dead. And there are soils that are not going to allow plants to grow, thrive, and and do well.
7: Well, and, and you're right. And the easiest way to, to to add those organic materials is obviously when your yard is not established yet. You're you're just uh, starting out, and you've got nothing but dirt. Uh, you can you can add a large quantity of organic material and rototill that into the into the lawn, and and really make a quick. Uh, uh, effect uh, have a real quick effect on your on your soil, but if you've got an existing lawn, established lawn, you've got a beautiful yard, and and it's low in organic matter, you can over time by core aerating, mm-hmm. you can uh, broadcast organic material, uh, and that's you know leaf compost, whatever uh, whatever you have available, uh, and sort of rake that into those uh, those cores. You don't want to cover the the crown of the plant to the point where you're gonna you're gonna smother it but uh over time even on an existing lawn you can uh, increase the organic matter uh, uh by you know making these little light applications uh two or three times a year throughout the throughout the years and and have a nice effect on your lawn so mr tischer these are all things that what's that
1: you did a great job today Unfortunately, fortunately i've got to go because of the constraints of time but i I really think this was really uh, fruitful for our listenership today. And uh, as always, thank you so much for what you do for Garden Talk, sir.
7: Well, you have fun the rest of the day yourself, and I'll talk to you next week.
1: Take care, Randy. Bye-bye.
7: Yep.
2: You've been in the grass with Randy Tischer of Green Velvet Sod Farms. Our Ask the Expert phone lines are open to answer your gardening and landscape questions. Call Mark Weber at 457-1290. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 957-WHIO.
1: Phone lines are wide open, 457-1290. The wild and crazy last hour of Garden Talk is about 10 minutes away on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
4: When you're driving to work, you ever wonder, is this as good as it gets? Are all these other people going somewhere better than I am? If your job feels like just a job, it's time to explore what we offer at Dayton Progress Corporation. We are a reputable, locally headquartered, global manufacturing company, and we are looking right now for people who want to pursue a career with us. If you're looking for a great place to grow with excellent pay, benefits, 401 a retention bonus for the first three years, tuition reimbursement, and bonus programs, then apply in person Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. at 500 Progress Road in West Carrollton, or email us your resume to jobs at daytonprogress.com. Remember, this is not just a job, it's a career. Hi, I'm David Turpin, president of Dayton Progress, and I'm speaking to you today about the wonderful opportunities that await you at Dayton Progress
0: Corporation. Start your career with us now. Dayton Progress is an equal opportunity employer.
5: David Cemetery offers many options for your cremation from niches in our mausoleums and columbariums to a ground burial in our traditional grave spaces or scattering in our remembrance circle. Like traditional burial, placing a cremation in a columbarium or mausoleum niche offers family and friends a physical location for memorialization. For more information, call 937-434-2255 or go to davidcemetery.com. David Cemetery, generations of care.
3: Looking for a great place to work out? Hi, this is Wesley with Everybody Fitness. And if so, we have an offer that you can't refuse. How about a free 30-day membership? That's right. Try us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. Your free trial not only gets you access to all fitness equipment, cardio, and free weights, but also to group fitness classes like Zumba, yoga, body blast, and more. You can even enjoy tanning and free use of our child care. So don't wait. Stop in one of our eight convenient locations or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com life happens. At McAfee, we make it easier for you by offering lifetime, worry-free coverage on new McAfee systems. Never a charge for repairs, never a charge for maintenance or filters. And when the day comes the system needs replaced, you're covered. Learn more at mcair.com. Any season, any anytime, McAfee.
2: Winter weather can throw an icy wrench into your daily commute. Count on Sergeant Mark Bowren and our team of traffic reporters getting you to and from work safely. Triple team traffic lives on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: Good morning, everyone. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7.
5: Starting off fairly chilly out there in Dayton with a low temperature near 15 degrees. A few scattered snow showers previous from last night still lingering around. Mostly cloudy on Saturday, a few flurries in the morning, but throughout the day things are quieting down a bit. 29 degrees for the high temperature. Snow likely overnight tonight. Accumulations ranging from 1 to 2 inches possible, especially towards the north of Dayton. Dayton likely leaning towards 1 inch. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HD7 radar shows a lot of snow flurry
1: activity north of I-70, 19 in Troy, 23 in Dayton, 25 in Springboro on the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and news, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, AM 1290
1: and News 95.7 WHIO. 457-1290. Let's go talk to Lanny. Lanny, good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk.
6: Well, thank you for having me on. I enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. Um, my wife has been told that putting mulch up next to the, our foundation of our house draws termites. Well, we have a brick home mm-hmm. with a cement foundation. Uh, is she right?
1: Well, termites are everywhere. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's cut to the t- chase. Termites are literally everywhere um termites need basically three things to be successful they need a constant source of moisture they need a constant source of organic matter okay and and they also need well cellulose so if you take one of those things away you don't have termites does that make sense so if the drainage if the drainage around your house is, is adequate and good, you don't have termites. If you don't have organic matter in the soil, you can have it on top of the soil, but it's gotta be in the soil for termites to work. You're always gonna have termites. But also, termites to get into your house have to have a pathway to get into your house, and that usually means that there's a hole in your house or a place or a crack that they can get in. Does that make sense to you, sir?
6: absolutely
1: yeah so let's not live in fear <laughs> you know
6: i i live in grab
1: I, I i understand
6: because uh, she she doesn't uh, want me to mulch and i i think uh, mulch adds to the landscape
1: well it adds to the health of the landscape it may look pretty to many but the ultimate thing is it adds organic matter back to the soil and organic matter is the fuel that makes plants extremely strong and healthy. Um, and we have to always have an infusion of organic matter wherever we're trying to grow a plant. And mulching adds that added infusion. And also in the case of growing trees and shrubs, uh, without having turf grass near those areas, those plants tend to grow and thrive as well. Okay?
6: Oh, What, uh, what do you think about this... Uh... Mulch that's made
1: out of old car car tires. Well, inorganic mulches like car tires are not good for the soil. Okay. Okay. You know, when's the last time you walked in the woods and saw the woods covered with tire tires over the 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 forest floor and trees were really doing well?
6: Well, it (laughs) depends on the part of a country
1: you're in. Well, yeah, that's true too. Uh, But it's not good. It's not healthy. In fact, rubber tires heat up the soil and cause for more plant stress. So, no, we don't use rubber tires around our trees or our shrubs. Okay. Good luck to you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, folks, that'll wrap it up for week hour number two of Garden Talk. A very special thanks to Sarah for a job well done. Hour number three lies ahead with the wild and crazy last hour of Garden Talk. And, of course, your calls at 457-1290 on AM 1290 and News 957-WHIO.
2: From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.